0: We are back. We are officially, officially back because I know I said in the teaser that we were back. But now we are officially back and this is the official first episode of season two. And I wanted to take a minute and tell you about a new segment that we're doing for this season. We, we worked on some other uh, segments last season and tried out a few different ones and we we're actually really excited about this one. Um, so we want you to share your wedding planning story with us. Whether you're newly engaged, newly wed, or somewhere in between, Call us and leave a voicemail with a 30 to 60 second story for our listeners. Uh, We'll be listening to them all and sharing some of our favorites on an upcoming episode. To call in, simply call 267-521-2686 and leave your name, general location. Those are optional if you want to remain anonymous. uh, And your wedding story. All right, let's jump right in. Let's go. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the second season of Put A Ring On It podcast, a collaboration between me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography
1: and me, Danielle Pasternak, Wedding Coordinator of DP Weddings. Put A Ring On It is a podcast for anyone who is knee deep in the wedding planning process.
0: We're here to share practical tips, amusing behind the scenes stories and insider knowledge to shed light on the world of weddings and give you every ounce of confidence that you deserve.
1: Let's do it. Hey, listeners, and hey, Dan.
0: Hey, Danielle. What's going on?
1: Not too much, um, but I think you've got some exciting news to share with everyone since we wrapped up last season.
0: Yes, I do. If you are a new listener, you might not know this, but uh, all through last season, my wife was pregnant, and I'm very happy to announce that we have a very happy, healthy baby girl. Um, Life is good. Sometimes I'm a sleep-deprived mess, uh, but the real moments and, and watching her grow and learn, uh, far outweigh any temporary hardships.
1: That's awesome. Congratulations, Dan. Thank you. I've had the pleasure of meeting her and she's perfect and wonderful and beautiful <laughs> and long. <laughs> she is
0: big. She's in the 95th percentile for height and it's crazy. She gets that from her dad. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, This episode today is inspired by a recent segment on the Today Show. There's a reporter, his name is Jeff Rossin, and he sort of opens up the segment by telling its listeners that, quote-unquote, experts say that there's a secret wedding tax that vendors are applying to mark up the cost of their products or services. He says, and I quote, basically, when vendors hear the word wedding, the prices can skyrocket just because it's a wedding. And he Mm. says it in that cheesy tone. As well. So <laughs> anyway, Mr. Rawson then visits with three separate wedding vendors to prove or disprove this theory. That's sort of what this Rawson reports is all about. Um, he tells us that he'll be reaching out to a venue, a photographer, and a DJ. He's going to tell them he's hosting a five-hour birthday party with a cocktail hour for 150 guests. He then introduces us to a woman who's going to pose as a bride and consult with the same three vendors for the same five-hour event. Same date, same number of guests. The only difference at face value is one is a birthday party, the other is a wedding. So Mm -hmm. his first stop is a venue. As I watched the segment personally, my initial thought was from a venue standpoint, providing food and environment, meaning walls, uh, air conditioning, bathrooms, uh, lighting overhead, all these things, the price should actually be the same for an event of the same duration, you know, for the same amount of people. And I'm assuming the same menu had to also be picked. Obviously, if one picks lobster, one picks chick- chicken, it's, you know, two very totally different prices. Yeah. Um, and really, to, to my delight, <laughs> the venue quoted the <laughs> exact same price for both the the gentleman. Uh, looking for a birthday party, and the girl, you know, planning a wedding. So both of them came in at $96 a person, totaling just under $15,000 total for the 150 guests, five hours. Now, just to interject, I don't know about you, but I don't know many people that would spend, <laughs> that, you know, that would easily spend $15,000 for a birthday party. And considering that just includes the meal in the venue, that's no clowns, no no magic tricks, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so no bouncy houses. So anyway um the second stop was a photographer so the photographer was told five hours of coverage um which dan i think you'd agree would be on the very low end of coverage for a a real wedding um and the photographer ended up coming in within fifty dollars between the two quotes i think one was quoted at seven hundred and fifty dollars the second was quoted at eight hundred dollars um Later in the segment, the reporter sort of adds that the photographer was quoting based on location and he got confused on the ones where the one is. And anyway, um, either way, I think $50 um, is a reasonable difference um, when it comes to like a quote. It's, it's not really a huge jump or, or what have you. Um, so their final stop was a DJ. Um, The DJ was given the same info, venue, date, timing, number of guests, and his package actually ended up being quite different between the birthday party and the wedding, about $900 different. Like the photographer, he sort of later adds that the DJ said there is much more work that goes into a wedding. There's more Mm -hmm. training. There's more backup that's needed. There's more preparation. There's obviously more formalities on the, the party itself. And that's what causes the extra charge. So that's sort of the, the segment itself and going through all that, Dan, uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, I mean, it's a lot to, lot to chew on there. Um, <laughs> but the first, I think obvious thing I would say is that a wedding and a birthday party are completely different animals, right? Um, so for a wedding, there are lots more people involved. There's wedding party members, there's family members, there's a lot more planning on the front, you know, like, I, I don't know how, early you start planning a uh, a a birthday party. But, you know, most people start planning a wedding a year in advance. There's or all more. this or, or more, yeah, two years in advance whatever. Um, and there's all this follow-up. There's a lot of getting to know you, uh, you know, and it's this once in a lifetime event where a birthday, you know, you know, happens every year unless it's a very special occasion. Maybe it's fifty years or seventy five years, or maybe somebody's turning hundred. In that case, you know, it's a it's a very special time, but still, um There are uh, special dances and formalities going on during weddings. You know, if you're hiring a photographer for your birthday party, they're likely not coming to, like, take pictures of you getting ready. They're not there for 12 hours photographing all these different things. Um, There's probably not any albums involved, maybe no wall art involved. Um, There's just a lot more to consider when you're photographing a wedding versus a birthday party. There's just a a whole lot more involved.
1: I think... Uh, So for my experience with with weddings, um, there's a good 40 to 80 plus hours that I put into every single wedding that I'm working on with a client. And I know based on talking with all the pros that I work with, whether it be photographers, caterers, florists, DJs, we are all putting in the effort. Uh, The good ones are all putting in the effort to really... (laughs) Make sure that we're well prepared, that we have the knowledge, that the DJ knows how to pronounce the names of the wedding party, that he knows the names of the parents and all these different things. There's a lot that goes into it. We are doing our best to make that day uh, as enjoyable for you as possible. And not to say, Z, if you're throwing a birthday party, we couldn't give two pips, but there's a little bit less that's just naturally going on. And like mm-hmm. Dan said, it's just there's just very different animals. So.
0: Yeah. You said something about, um, how many hours you put into a wedding. And when I was first starting out, this is something I was, was wondering about. Um, and I figured out that it's between 50 and 80 hours per wedding of work that a a wedding generates for me. So between, you know, initially responding to emails, to calls, to meetings, to travel time, um, To album designs, to shooting the wedding itself, to, um, you know, follow up to, you know, all these different things, the engagement session, all these different things generates between 50 and 80 hours of work for me per wedding.
1: As I said earlier, I don't I don't know many people who would easily drop $15,000 for a for a birthday party. And if you are, that's that's wonderful and my birthday is coming up. So if you want to throw me a birthday party, you are more than welcome to. But you have um you have sort of a different expectation I think for your wedding. Um at the same time though, in order to have a wedding, in order to get married, uh, Dan and I have said this before. You need a marriage license. You need someone to marry you, and you need someone to marry. Um, everything else that's involved with the wedding, the party, the celebration, the ceremony, the flowers, the the attire that's all a bit of a luxury. And mm-hmm. if you make the choice to go that route, it it all comes with that additional price tag, yep. if you will. It's you, you're you're going for the experience um, of that day.
0: Yeah, I mean, just furthering this idea that the wedding is a luxury. I mean, the wedding day is no different than, you know, some other commodities versus experiential things. So if you think of, you know, um, a, a fancy sports car, it gets you from point A to point B, you know, but why do people pay, $125,000 125,000 dollars for a Ferrari or, you know, half a million dollars for a Bugatti or something like some really fancy car when they could just go from point A to point B in, you know, a, a $15,000 oh, car. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, um same thing like uh, you know, you get a burger at McDonald's versus a five-star restaurant. You know, I'm sure that I know that there are burger joints in New York City that you pay like 25, 30 bucks for like a burger, right? Um mm-hmm. why why would you do that compared to mcdonald's well you do that because there's an experience involved maybe there's a status symbol involved maybe there's uh um a quality involved where you know who knows where like the meat is coming from from a fast food vendor uh versus you know some high five star quality restaurant there's there's a perceived difference there if you're talking about quality and experience
1: yeah well let's let's even uh break that down further Dan so you're you're going into this like fancy five-star restaurant you're probably being greeted by a very well put together host ice water is likely brought to your table and a server comes along to take your order they check in on you and make sure you're having a a good experience Mm -hmm. Um, meanwhile a chef is like carefully preparing and cooking your order so it's fresh and hot and seasonal and delicious and plated in a way that makes you whip out your phone to instagram it upon arrival and like that costs you like 10 30 bucks you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean if you've ever been to like a really fancy restaurant i don't know if anybody else has but like they have this little like fancy device where they pull crumbs out from between the tables have you ever seen that i, thought, I don't mm-hmm. know i just thought that was really crazy anyway right. um compare that so, to McDonald's.
1: Yeah, so so on the flip side of that, at McDonald's, you walk in, you're not greeted at the door unless someone else is maybe walking out and holding the door for you, but they don't work there. Um, you walk yourself up to the counter and you order by probably a number, or if you're me, you don't because you like to like be very picky and <laughs> order what it is you want. <laughs> like you're sort of, you're given the option to make it bigger for just 50 cents more and you patiently wait the minute or two while your burger is reheated, thrown onto a bun and wrapped in a thin wax paper and you take it to your seat or car, if you're me, and you chow down. Um, then after you eat, you clean up your own area and you go on your way. But your burger costs you about $4, if that. And it's, it's just a very different experience. And I'm not saying that McDonald's is the equivalent of... Of your birthday party I'm saying that you're paying for a different experience A burger is not just a burger It's the time that's put into making And getting that burger from cow to belly That causes a difference in price tags Attached to that hunk of beef You're, you're paying for experience And you chose to go to the five-star restaurant Over going to McDonald's And I'm not knocking McDonald's either um, It's a very successful brand Based on giving its customers food quickly And on the cheap And personally yep. their fries are one of my guilty pleasures <laughs> So it's just different all comes down to I have a question for you Dan mm-hmm. when you and Rachel were going through and, and planning your wedding was there anything that you guys came across I mean you're you work in the wedding industry was there anything that you came across that was a little bit of like whoa I didn't expect that to cost that much
0: Hmm. for me no I don't think so uh, I, maybe that's just because I, I work in the industry Um, And I I work in a service-driven business, so I I believe that, you know, you get what you pay for. Um, I mean, there were a few things like, you know, the trolley was was – I guess yeah, maybe it was a little bit more expensive than I thought, but still, like it—it it was an experience that we were willing to invest in because it was fun to have a trolley. Um, you know, like I know some people do, like the they'll do like a school bus and that kind of stuff, and it's like a—it's a fun experience for people. So when I thought about it from that perspective, I was you know well, it's not a big deal to invest this money in this particular thing if if it adds to the experience of our guests.
1: Uh, that, that's interesting. You mentioned that I think in, when I talk with my clients and we go through, you know, all the different facets of their day, transportation seems to be the one that comes up probably more often than not that, oh, wow, I had no idea it costs this much to transport people from point A to point B. And I think when you're planning a wedding, uh, a lot of people go into it with the thought that they really want to be this really gracious host. Right. I Mm -hmm. mean, I know for a fact you that's a a core part of of your wedding and you want to make sure people have a safe ride that at the end of the night, if they've been partying and having a good time, they have a safe trip back and everybody could travel together and that's fun and all this stuff. And it it can really add up. And those little things are what makes the difference between a birthday party (laughs) and a wedding. You're probably not transporting people or all of your guests, at least when you're having a birthday party either. It's it's all of those little things that kind of get put into there. So that's interesting that you said that about transportation. I actually just talked with a client um, yesterday who uh, her parents really want to transport a lot of her older aunts and uncles and they all are individual houses. So we need to figure out a way to get them shuttled. And when I really broke it down with her and we talked it through, she was like, I'm going to need to talk to my parents and make sure that like they're ready for this because it's it's a little bit bigger um, it's going to be a little bit bigger price tag and a little bit more complicated than they initially thought just in coordinating all of the different logistics of what that means to get everybody picked up and yeah. and on their way and getting to the wedding. So it's always um, interesting to me, I guess, Dan, when people want to attack certain industries <laughs> Um huh. It's it, it's always so heartbreaking because weddings are such wonderful things. And I know reporters like this, you know, this specific segment, they're just looking for that, you know, juicy gossip. And they really want to like they want to like break open the the wedding industry and have us all go, oh, no, you caught us. But it's you know, it's that's not what the wedding industry is about. Like we all work hard and we we love what we do. I don't know many of us that don't love what we do because it's a tough world to work in. There's a lot of stress. There is a lot of emotion that we are absorbing. And I mean
0: there's Dan, no do-overs. A,
1: yeah, especially from your standpoint, like you have to take those <laughs> pictures and like not lose them, have the card be destroyed. Yeah, not I would. That's so much pressure there and it's it's something that I don't think any of us take that responsibility lightly. And it's it's something like we hold you guys really dear in our hearts and and we want to make that day as awesome as possible for you. So every time I hear these types of reports come out, it's always like, why just why you got to do that? Like, that's not true. All it does is scare people. And that's not okay.
0: I mean, why don't people investigate like purse companies or something (laughs) like how 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 is it how can you charge um five thousand dollars for like a super fancy purse when it just holds stuff you know at that point it just becomes a status symbol well why isn't it that you know having um a really really super expensive photographer or um a dj or something that your friend had or that you've read good reviews about who provides this like hella awesome service like why is it that we have to like all of a sudden blow that open um and say like there's a conspiracy going on you know, going back to just this idea that the wedding is a luxury because the wedding is not marriage. They're two very separate things. Um, the wedding is a day that you have to like have everybody come together and celebrate this thing. Marriage is a piece of paper uh, that says like you guys are legally joined together, right? Um, so then the since the wedding day is this luxury – um, Just like any other luxury, be it burgers or sports cars or purses, whatever, will have a varying, huge varying price range. And pros can charge accordingly for that, that premium service, you know, or if they're just breaking in, they can charge less or whatever. Like, it, there's a huge disparity between prices because of this perceived service and experience just like any other luxury or commodity.
1: I... Uh one of the things I wanted to actually share when we were talking about this, um, I do not have a green thumb by nature. I kill plants very easily. <laughs> and uh, one, of the, um, one of the facets of the wedding industry that I never always fully appreciated was flowers and Mm. the price tag that comes attached with flowers Um, I love flowers very much and I I think they're a beautiful thing and I love nothing more than walking in a reception that's just full of beautiful centerpieces but um, seeing the price tag that was attached to that a lot of times I was a lot of times I would sort of step back and be like wow like that's a lot of money and um, it's 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 a flower and it's going to die the next day. But I actually had the opportunity to work at a flower shop um, a few summers ago. They needed a little bit extra help. So for one whole week, I got to go in and um, just be the whatever you need me to do girl. And I'll do my best and knock it out of the park as best as I can um, and try not to kill anything that I touch. (laughs) Um, But I was there for the whole week and I saw the amount of work um, that went into getting the flowers, cleaning the flowers, prepping the flowers, storing the flowers. And that was before they even came close to being made into a centerpiece or a bouquet or boutonniere and all these things. Once they were actually made into those individual items, the storage on them, the complication of that, how florists have to sort of navigate keeping everything cool and fresh so that when it arrives that day, it looks as beautiful as it possibly can. Um, I took a step back and really was like, I was, I was incredibly impressed with how much work goes into all those things and I have a whole new appreciation now
0: yeah that that loosely reminds me of um, uh, I think it was actually another podcast I was listening to about uh, whiskey and there was, hey, uh, like the, the world's highest selling bottle of, you know, commercially produced whiskey, I think was like Glenfiddich 50 years or something like that. And it's like people saw the price tag, which was like $25,000 a bottle. And it's like something you could just like normally buy. Like it's not like some very special, fancy uh, thing that like, you know, is 100 years old and there's only one bottle. It's like something that they can – that they still produce and you can get. Um I started thinking like, oh my gosh, it's just something you drink and there was this whole following behind it. And I started thinking about, well, you know, they had to have a warehouse that was cooled for 50 years. They had to have guards that worked there for the last 50 years. Um, And, you know, this, you know, huge undertaking of stuff just to keep these barrels cooled and watched over uh, for 50 years. And there's just this whole lot of stuff that's involved with this other than just the price tag you know um mm-hmm. so maybe that's like a very loose interpretation of you know why there's a wedding this uh, perceived wedding tax or whatever but no um,
1: but your your point is there's a lot that happens behind the scenes that you mm-hmm. don't see probably on purpose like yeah you don't see the amount of staff that I have there that's working on setting up tables and chairs and linens and centerpieces and lights and doing all these different things that are involved because you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to see that you are supposed to walk into a wedding and just feel like it all just magically came together. It's, yeah. that's, that's one of those emotions that you don't always get to have. And it's, it's a wonderful feeling and all that behind the scenes stuff, um, is is happening and it's what's making it all come together uh to to really create a day that's a really cool experience for you and for your family and your guests very awesome so dan why are we why are we talking about this like i i don't want listeners to think that we're just being like defensive about our pricing yeah (laughs)
0: um I would say that I, I think in an effort just to be candid and maybe peel the veil back or or, or pull the veil back um, and just give you a little bit of behind the scenes. Like I don't I don't think that there's ever any malicious intent. Like like the wedding industry is trying to pull you know pull one over on couples um, and then there's this mysterious wedding tax. Um, I, I I mean I know. I feel like I speak for at least, you know, all the wedding pros that I know that everybody just wants to show up, take really awesome pictures. And they, you know, there's expenses that come along with being a good professional and and giving a really, really great experience. The last thing we would want is to like make this, you know, this episode sound like we're having a pity party. But I do think that it's good that people can get to uh, see a little bit behind the scenes of the wedding industry um, and hear what it's like from two actual wedding pros who believe very much that, you know, this is a a once in a lifetime deal, that it's a very special day, that even though we do this 20 times, 30 times a year or whatever, that we still realize that it is your special day and that we want to make it as awesome as possible for you.
1: I like how you said you are repealing back the veil, Dan. I like what you did there.
0: <laughs> no no, no pun intended.
1: <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, we are wrapping up this episode. Um, make sure you check out the Put A Ring On It podcast.com website. We will have the show notes on there. We're going to have a link to this um, to this segment. Um, we also really want you to send us your wedding story. We are so excited to be sharing this. Um, give us a call at 267-521-2686 or just visit the the put a ring at com slash contact there is a big obnoxious red <laughs> button that you can click and if you're on your mobile it'll actually just cue you to call so just call leave us like a 30 to 60 second message um, about your story whether you need to just vent about something if you have a question about something whatever it is give us a call we, we're really excited to hear about it
0: um, also you can like us on Facebook to keep in touch there's an awesome uh, Facebook page that we have set up um, you can ask questions and get updates on season two
1: All right, you guys, have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon.
0: See you in two weeks. Bye-bye.